When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. All right, everybody, welcome back to another edition of the Philadelphia Eagles Insiders Podcast. I am your co-host, Ed Kratz, joined by my co-host, John McMullen. Uh, It is Tuesday, September 12th. A lot to cover here. It's a short week between games. The Eagles won their season opener, obviously, in New England against the Patriots. They won 25-20. It was a struggle. Uh, and now they have a short turnaround here to the Minnesota Vikings. So um, let's let's try to cover as much as we can here. John, thoughts uh, from that game in New England on Sunday? Well, it was sloppy. Uh, obviously, I don't think the offense performed up to their standards. But uh, bottom line, you're going to hear it a lot as they come out. It's hard to win in the NFL. They come out uh, uh, opening road victory for the third consecutive season under Nick Sirianni. Um, so they've done this before. They kind of play sloppy, but they're able to persevere. They did the same thing in Detroit the year before. was Atlanta. It was a, a more um, consistent performance. But this was sloppy, and, and you look at it. But I, you know what? I, I never got the feeling New England was going to win that football game at, uh, until the very end when Nick Sirianni went for it on fourth and two. And I said, oh, well, they're going to give him a chance. And, yeah, they did have a chance. And uh, I don't think the Eagles were happy with their performance. But good teams win when they don't have their best stuff. You make the baseball analogy. I'll go to Jim Schwartz route with the baseball analogy. They didn't have their best stuff, and they still won the game. That's pretty impressive. Yeah, a win's a win. But it was a costly win. I mean, Eagles lost uh, linebacker N'Kobe Dean, who was doing a really nice job, uh, especially against the run. Now, the coverage coverage his coverage was suspect he's a little on the shorter side 511 tight ends gave the eagles some problems and i i think that's going to be a season long uh malady for the eagles this year and but the kobe got hurt uh foot injury they put him on a injured reserve today so he's out for a minimum of four games and they added uh nick morrow the veteran linebacker that they signed in the offseason from chicago he was promoted from the practice squad today so you know he's going to be the guy that's going to fill in for nicobe um, I would guess, or maybe he's just going to give you depth and they'll play Christian Ellis in the middle. Um, and then they also lost potentially James Bradbury, their uh, second-team All-Pro from last year. Uh, cornerback and, and has a concussion con- protocol. Right, got hit in the head really late. difficult in a, on a short week. Yeah, especially against the receivers yeah. that Minnesota's bringing through here with, uh, obviously, Justin Jefferson, who the Eagles did a good job with last year. Yeah. Darius Slay traveled with him. Held them to 48 yards on six catches, but they added this rookie, Jordan Addison, 
who had a pretty decent debut in their loss against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. He had a 39-yard touchdown catch. I think he had another couple catches in there for 60-plus yards. So, you know, you're going to have to contend with him. And then you have T.J. Hawkinson. So this is a, a, a Vikings team that can do some damage. It looks like Josh Job will be the next man up for Bradbury. Um, and it was Job, John, who made that play that kind of saved the win late in New England. He was the yeah. one covering Ramondre Stevenson, pushed him out before he was able to get two feet in. Otherwise, the Patriots are first and goal inside the 10. I think it was Butte, the receiver. I believe it was Butte. But, you know, if that's Devontae Smith, if that's A.J. Brown, they're catching that football and they're getting the toe yeah. tap. Um so, you know, Josh, it wasn't bad coverage, but, you know, it was open. I think it was a young receiver, didn't know the toe tap or isn't doesn't have it down yet. So the Eagles got a bit of a break there. But I think Josh Job is playing with some confidence. You know, the thing that will help him is Minnesota has a really poor interior offensive line. And you think about the Eagles' strength. Jalen Carter was great in New England. Milton Williams was great. Fletcher Cox was great. They're so deep right there. So... If styles make bites, you know, the Eagles are really strong where the Vikings are really weak, and I think that's going to help out the corners, the linebackers, everybody. But when we talked about Nick Morrow, I also want to mention Rashawn Evans. We didn't yeah, mention him. Right, we, right. we got to meet him today. He's on the practice squad, takes Nick's spot. Now, they can't get him ready on a short week. Obviously, he just got here. But I think after this mini-buy Tampa Bay week three, I think Rashawn Evans is going to have a chance to take over that linebacker role because he's a veteran guy who knows how to play. He's played at a pretty high level, former first-round pick. I think he's at least going to get an opportunity. Yeah, well, you know, with guys like that, you wonder why was he still available. Yeah. Um, you know, so that's kind of something he's going to have to answer here. But you're right, the Eagles have 10 days between Thursday night's game and then the Monday nighter down in Tampa to get him ready to play. Um, and you better hope he can play because, to me, that this linebacker situation, uh, the Eagles are going to pay, it's I think, good. for undervaluing it. And like I said, against the Patriots, the, the tight ends made plays, just over-the-middle type stuff. And Hunter Henry's very good. Yeah. And I'll say this, Ed, he's not as good as D.J. Hawkins. Yeah, and, and the Vikings know this, and they're, they're going to pick on the linebackers and the tight ends and the backs out of the backfield. And it's going to be a handful, I think. Um, I'm not optimistic about this game, but uh, listen, the Eagles are sitting at one and zero after that that uh, that nice win in New England, and um, a lot of people will say about that win in New England was well, where was the sacks? This is a team that had 70 sacks last year. They had two in this game. Jalen Carter, first uh, Eagles rookie to do it in a road game. Uh, I'm sorry, the third Fletcher Cox did it, and Corey Simon did it in their careers. So. Uh, it's pretty good company for Jalen Carter, but he had one of the sacks, Josh Sweat and Jordan Davis, an encouraging sign to see Jordan Davis show up with his first half sack of his career. Uh, but they only had two. But I'll say this. The thing that they did well was that they were able to get pressure. Mac Jones off his spot yeah. occasionally, and they put pressure on him and forced him into some bad throws. I think Jones was lucky they did, that he didn't throw more than just the one interception, which he did to Slay, that Slay right. took back 70 yards for a touchdown. But, you know, I just think that, uh, you know, he, he could have thrown another pick or two. He was fortunate yeah, he didn't. I, well, I think Eagles fans should get used to this because if teams are smart, and obviously Bill Belichick's very smart, we'll see Kevin O'Connell this week. 
um, who kind of learned under Belichick. Everybody's learned under Belichick. Brian Flores, the, the defensive coordinator in Minnesota now is a Belichick guy. Kevin O'Connell played for him. Um, they're going to know, and, and Sean Desai mentioned this at his press conference, 2.5 seconds. That's how quickly Mac Jones was getting the football. He was very cognizant that that pass rush was getting home, and he knew he had to get the football out of his hands. So I think people sometimes get too caught up in those sack numbers. To get those large number of sacks, you have to have like a Carson Wentz who's back there when he was playing in Washington who's going to allow you to sack him nine times. Mac Jones getting the football out. Can't sack him. Back in the day, Peyton Manning, Tom Brady were most famous for that. You knew when you were playing those teams, no matter how good your pass rush was, you weren't getting a lot of sacks because the football's coming out on time. I think that's the case with the Eagles. As long as they're getting the pressure they got, and it was tremendous starting with Jalen Carter, um, I think it's fine. Yeah, and I thought Fletcher Cox, you know, he, he played a really good game, especially late. He showed up and made some plays when they needed to be made late in that game as the Eagles tried to, you know, kind of preserve that five-point difference with the Patriots. And I thought Milton Williams, you know, he's another guy that gets overlooked. Nick Sirianni said after the game that Milton Williams played an excellent game. And he doesn't get all the publicity because you have the firepower or the star power up there with Jalen Carter, Jordan Davis, Fletcher Cox. You know, he seems to get lost a little bit. But, you know, he's a guy that, you know, he showed up on Sunday. and Maybe it didn't reflect itself in the stats. He didn't have a sack. But he did a good job with pressures. He did a good job in the run game. I thought the Eagles did a really good job shutting down that running game, which everybody thought would give them problems with Ramondre Stevenson, yeah. Ezekiel Elliott. They only held them. They held them under 100 yards. It was a very low output of rushing yards. And, and that is an encouraging sign. Um going forward because this was a run defense that was middle of the pack last year so we'll see if this trend continues uh obviously the vikings don't have dalvin cook anymore they have uh, madison uh they didn't do a good job running the ball in tampa i think they only had 34 yards um so that's beta bea so you know some of it's understandable but uh they did not run the football well uh i talked about the weakness on their interior offensive line but you bring up milton williams i just talked to milton in the locker room um, you mentioned Nick Sirianni brought him up. Sean Desai brought him up, how physical he was. If you watch the film, he's going through double teams and making it easier for those run stoppers. N'Kobe Dean, before he was injured in the game, uh, he is really – he's one of the most underrated players on the Eagles. He's a really good player, and I think it gets lost because they have so much talent inside with Jalen Carter, Jordan Davis, Fletcher Cox, and then people say Melton Williams – on most teams, Melton Williams would be a starting defensive tackle. That's how good he is. Absolutely right. Absolutely right. And like I said, he did a good job against the run, and that's where this defense has to, you know, step up from last year. Um, so the Kirk Cousins comes in Thursday night, the Minnesota Vikings quarterback, and uh, it's weird that the Eagles played the Vikings in week two last year here at Lincoln Financial Field, and and, and they picked Cousins off three times. Uh, they won 24-7, to the Eagles did. Uh, so, you know, if you're going to go after Cousins, that's how you're going to have to defend Jefferson and Addison and Hawkinson is by putting pressure us, yeah. on him and making him leave his spot because he's not very mobile. No, and that, that's a perfect example, though. If you go back to that game, the Eagles only had two sacks, but they had three interceptions because they were making him uncomfortable getting him off the spots, and he was just throwing it up. Uh, to Justin Jefferson. Slay had a big game 
Uh, but I will, I, I will say cautious. Slay admits they were letting him play that night, and he was able to get his hands on Justin Jefferson a lot. If you have a different crew and they're calling the game a different way, it becomes much more difficult because that guy, Justin Jefferson, he's a problem. He's like their version. I say Jalen Carter's a problem. Justin Jefferson's a problem. So when you talk about just Josh Job, Darius Slay, James Bradbury, that guy's a problem no matter what. Um, now, if they let Slay get a little bit more physical like they did last year, it'll certainly help. But I think the key is the Eagles pass rush. I really do. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Jefferson had, I think he was targeted 12 times in Tampa, had nine catches, 150 yards. So a really, really strong debut to this season for him. I mean, he's clearly, you know, he has a chance to be the best wide receiver ever to play this game. I mean, you know, you can talk about who that might be. Obviously, Jerry Rice is in that conversation. Randy Moss is in that conversation. Um, but, you know, Justin Jefferson, if he stays healthy for the next 10, 10 years or so, he could be the best receiver ever to play this game. Yeah, in three years, he's got the best numbers. He's beaten all those guys. So, you know, it's a different era. It's a little bit easier now to throw the football. But even so, nobody has ever done what Justin Jefferson has done through the first three years of his career. And as he starts year four, as you mentioned, Ed, he's at 150. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I mean, yeah. He, he's difficult to deal with. And it's even going to be more difficult this year because you mentioned that kid, Addison. Boy, he's good, too. He's yeah, a rookie, fast. but he's a great route runner. And when you're when you're a rookie, we saw it with Devontae Smith here. When you can run routes, and you know he has the other baseline stuff, his speed, um, his ability to catch the football. He's going to be really good if he stays healthy. A little bit of Devontae Smith because he's undersized, but same thing. Great route runner, great hands, uh, very speedy. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's got Jefferson on the other side, so he's never going to see a double team. <laughs> yes, yeah, I, I think the Eagles are going to do the same thing they did last year against Jefferson. Is They're going to uh, play uh, Slay on him, I think. They're going to travel Slay, and I think they'll put Job on the rookie, and I think that's a good matchup. A lot of people talk highly of Job. He doesn't like to talk to the media. We haven't really been able to get a, 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 an interview with no, he's him. Quiet. He's, he's quiet. He's very quiet, but you know the Eagles have a lot of confidence in him, and this is his second season. I know he was undrafted, but he played at Alabama against some really good receivers, um, so I think they're going to match him on Addison. And, uh, well, you got to worry about the problem is you got to worry about K.J. Osborne as well, who's yeah. their third receiver. Slot guy, right? Yeah, well, he plays outside and inside. He plays more outside this year because they have Addison, who's a great slot receiver. But, you know, it's only one week. And and remember, they didn't pick up Hawkinson until midseason at the trade deadline. So yeah. they didn't have that big tight end threat. So they got threats all over the field when it comes to the passing game. Problem is, offensive line for years with that team. Yeah, see, I think that's where, you know, you talk about Osborne. I think Avante Maddox is going to have to step up, too. You know, if you're down James Bradbury, you know, Maddox is a, a veteran in this league now, too, and he's going to have to step up and play a role. You know, we always get caught up in Slay and Bradbury and sometimes overlook Maddox, but, you know, he's going to have to rise up a little bit here, too, in this game. No, I and, had travel issues, Ed. I didn't think Avante played well no, in Foxborough. I don't think he did either. Yeah. Um, but, again, you know, listen, he's a proven guy. Last year, he, I think he had a sack and an interception maybe in this game against the Vikings before he got hurt. So, like, he's a guy who's capable. He's a good player. Um, he is a good player. He only played nine games last year. So, you know, I don't think there were a lot of guys that say, could say they played well 
in Foxborough in the opener. And, you know, you can look at it two ways. Is, is this team kind of fat and happy after being to the Super Bowl last year, or will they come out and say, hey, we're, we're better than what we showed on Sunday, and today we're going to show it, and we're going to take it to the Vikings? <laughs> yeah, I think there's – well, there's a couple guys. I mean, Carter, I think, played really well. Jordan Davis played really well. I think Reed Blankenship had a really good game. Gave up that touchdown, though, to the tight end. Yeah, but that was pretty Henry. good coverage. You know, sometimes you got to tip your cap and say, that's a really good player, that's a really good throw. Yeah. I didn't look at that play and say, oh, Reed was, you know – off his mark. I, I just thought that was a team making a good play. Uh, overall, I think he had a pretty good game. Now, the problem is he's banged up. He's got a rib injury. Um, a bunch yeah. of players. Fletcher Cox is, is dealing with rib uh, issues. Kenny Gainwell is dealing with rib issues after getting so many touches in week one. So the Eagles are a little bit banged up. We know they're not going to have Nicobe Dean already placed on injured reserve. Um, and James Bradbury I can't imagine he's going to pass the protocol in Thursday. Maybe Sunday. Maybe he can get by because he doesn't have a big history of concussions. But Thursday is a little bit too much. So banged up team. That'll help Minnesota. But just, the Eagles are just better. They're better than Minnesota. Yeah. Blankenship had 11 tackles, led the team. He was my preseason, one of my predictions to lead this team in tackles. I just don't think they have the linebackers that can do it. Last year it was Edwards and White were the top two. I think Blankenship will lead them in tackles. I mean, he's a ball-hawking safety, um, you know, so if he can play 17 games and the rib injury is concerning, I think he'll play, but, you know, you just don't know uh, if he will. Sidney Brown, the rookie, didn't have any snaps on defense in the opener. I mean, he could fill in for him. on special teams. Yeah, he made a nice, uh, on the, in a gunner role, made a nice play on, on a punt. But, uh, yeah. Yeah, but I think, you know, you have the guys that can step in for Blankenship and even Cox. Cox will play. I talked to him after the game, just kind of one-on-one, and he said that he should be fine. They have good trainers that will get him ready to play. So I would expect Cox to play with the ribs. Um, But, yeah, I think the safety situation, you know, you hope Reed can play because he's their best one. But I'd like to see Brown get some snaps out there at safety uh, and see what he can do. I wasn't – terribly impressed with Justin Evans. I don't think he played poorly, but you know, I think there's sort of an average type nature to, to his game. Um, and Sidney Brown, he's got such burst and such explosion. Yeah. I just don't think the defensive coaching staff thinks he's ready to play on defense yet. We'll see how quickly they get there. I don't think it's going to be this week on a short week. Mm-hmm. We keep talking about the short week. Yeah. I mean, you don't have time to prepare, so I doubt it's going to happen this week. Maybe after this week in the mini-buy we mentioned with uh, Rashawn Evans, same thing with Sidney Brown. You can make changes in that week, Yeah. Uh, but I don't think you're going to see many changes. One of the interesting things, and we talked to Sean Desai, as I mentioned, Ed, was uh, when N'Kobe went out, the green dot. Now, I, I thought it was Reed the entire time. It wasn't. It was no, Christian yeah. Ellis. Ellis had it for a short time. Yeah, and, and then Reed Blankenship. And my question to you is, why? They didn't have that plan? I mean, Kobe has an injury history. Shouldn't you have that formulated in? Yeah, well, maybe they did. Maybe that was the plan because Ellis, it was Reed that took it over in the final couple minutes because I don't think Ellis was on the field. So I think Ellis was out there, and they, I think they prefer uh, maybe, to have a, yeah. a linebacker do it. Yeah. Um, and Ellis knows the defense, and so does Reed. But, you know, when Ellis wasn't in because of situational stuff late, they gave it to Blankenship. So I think the plan was Ellis to, to do it. 
Um, but, you know, situationally, they probably had a plan that said, okay, when Ellis isn't on the field, if we have to take him out for personnel reasons, well, that makes sense. it'll go to Reed because he's going to play. Better. Yeah, because he's going to play most of the so, time. But that indicates to me also that Christian Ellis is probably going to start this week, not I mean, Nick Morrow. Yeah, I would, yeah. I would agree with that yeah. for sure. Um, but finally, let's talk about this running back situation. Kenny Gainwell, like you mentioned, had, I guess it was like 18 touches, 14 carries, Two t- two catches, so sixteen touches. A lot of those on the first drive. He touched eight, the ball eight, eight on times. the first time. And listen, I you know, listen, I I am not sold on Kenny Gainwell being the lead back for this team. I'm just not. I don't think he's got that burst to get through the middle of the line. They ran him up the middle a bunch of times. He averaged three point nine yards per carry. But they inactivated Rashad Penny, which was a bit surprising. I know they have four, and I thought they'd sit down Boston Scott, even though we can return kicks, but who cares? Nobody returns nobody, the ball yeah, in kickoff. So returned. you could put Quez Watkins back there as a kick returner. Put Rashad Penny back there. Uh, yeah, I mean, return. listen, I, I was shocked. And now Camel's got these ribs, so, you know, maybe he doesn't play this week. And, and I'm fine with that. I'm just not I'm not sold on Gainwell. I think the, the DeAndre Swift touched the ball twice. I'm, I'm going to go one further. I'm not sold on Kenny Gainwell, but I'm not sold on this running back room. I don't know why so many Eagles fans were excited about this running back room. I think this is one of the worst running back rooms in the <laughs> NFL. I think it's clear, clear from practice and, and, and through the summer that Kenny Gainwell is their best back. And I refer back to your comments. He's the best back, and he's not a lead back. No, no, definitely not. I mean, listen, I'd give Penny a shot, and we don't know what Swift. I mean, Swift, give him a carry. Uh, but I like Penny up the middle. I mean, he's a, he's a load to bring down. You can weaken the defense by hammering the defense with Penny. Um, but you're right. This room probably yeah. isn't what you would hope it would be. So, no. listen, Jonathan Taylor's out there. Um, yeah, maybe I have, <laughs> maybe uh, Look, I, I, got, I got a lot of respect for this organization. Uh, I think Nick Sirianni's a good coach. Um, not that they get everything right, but they have a good history so far. And they think pretty clearly Kenny Gainwell's their best back for a reason. And I know Rashad Penny's reputation because of the short stints. But remember, the NFL moves quickly, man. Mm-hmm. And just because you were a good player three years ago doesn't mean you're a good player now. And it happens quickly. I remember Julio Jones is one of the greatest receivers to ever play this game for years and years and years. And then all of a sudden he shows up and he's not Julio Jones anymore. It happens to everybody. Things move quickly. Now, DeAndre Swift is a younger player, but, man, I see a lot of Miles Sanders, early Miles Sanders in him. He's always trying to hit the home run. He doesn't take what's there, and I don't think the Eagles like that. So they, they've settled on Kenny Gainwell, and that's not good enough. And I don't think this running back room is good enough. And bottom line is, Ed, you get what you pay for. And yeah. they don't pay for running backs, and they got a bunch of pedestrian running backs. And the same with linebackers. I think there's going to be a change. Nick Sirianni has said his approach to the running back room is he's going to ride a hot hand. Kenny Gainwell is not the hot hand. He wants to use the committee approach. If he's true to his word... We're going to see a change at running back, whether Gainwell plays with the ribs or not. I think right, we're going I'm to see more. Nick too much here. But that first drive was their most impressive drive, I would argue. It was like 13 plays. Now it bogged down at the end. Kenny had eight of those touches. He was very effective. If I'm watching that drive as the head coach or Brian Johnson, the play caller, I'm saying, all right, I'm going to ride the hot hand. And no. Kenny Gainwell was at least early. But then I think he has limitations, as, as you mentioned, and 
boy, I mean, I, I just don't think the Eagles have a running back that is going to yeah. explode off the paper. Now, Minnesota has a really poor defense. Um, they got a great defensive coordinator and Brian Flores, but you can only do so much with a lack of talent. So maybe that helps them this week. But long term, I, I don't think this running back group, anybody, is going to to stand out. Well, Nick said afterward that he doesn't want to have another game where DeAndre Swift touches the ball one or two times. So I'm expecting a bigger role for Swift on Thursday night and maybe a lesser role for Gainwell. I'm just not – he's not the guy to me. Um, well, he's, he's a good up. He's a good it's running easy. back, but that's all he is. He's good. He's not that next level. The Eagles have to figure out a way to rotate these backs. If he's not doing it later in the game, then throw it Swift. Give him three or four or five touches. Mm-hmm. It's like the Jets with Dalvin Cook. And uh, Brees Hall, we saw that on Monday Night Football. Now, those are two pretty good backs. But, yeah, I you know, would the argue, Jets, yeah, that's the yeah, problem. But the they Jets used them Hall. like you're supposed to. They, they yeah. gave them a good good amount of reps each, and that's what the Eagles need to do. They don't have Hall and, and uh, Cook, obviously. But, you know, listen, you can get by with Gainwell and, and, you know, in a short period of well, time and it, Swift and, and maybe Penny. Uh, to me, that's what they need to do. they got to figure out this rotation. Now, with, with Swift, like, I don't think they trust him. And and the one thing that was clear about Gainwell throughout the summer, and you saw it every day, Ed, the Eagles are very situationally oriented in practice. And a lot of a lot of two minute, a lot of four minute, a lot of red zone work, a lot of backed up work. I'd like to call them high leverage situations. In those high leverage situations, they want Kenny Gainwell on the field. I think, you know, you're saying two minute, DeAndre Swift. If all of a sudden he tries to – if it's blocked for four yards and he's trying to kick it out and he loses two and that puts you behind the sticks, I, I don't think they trust him. Haven't seen that yet, though. I want to see it. And listen, Swift ran for 142 yards against him in the season opener last year when he was in Detroit. You know, I want to see if he can figure out where he needs to go to gain those four yards instead of trying to break it outside and get ten and then lose two. I want to see it. I mean, well, I, Yeah, I, but I, that was his best game, his best game in NFL. Obviously, Eagles fans got to see it. He's never had a better game. He's played 52 games, I think, in the NFL. He's never had a better game. He's never gone over 600, I think, in 13 yards rushing. And remember, Detroit drafted him early in the second round to be the guy to be the guy on their offense, and he never took that role. I think, and that was a bad football team for the vast majority of the time. They're good now, but the vast majority of his time there, they were a bad football team, and he still couldn't win the job. I, I there's a red flag there. Uh, well, this running back room, like you said, a lot of red flags there, top to bottom. I mean, they did give up a fourth round pick for Swift, so they got to show, so they got to try to throw him out there. They gave up a fourth for Robert Quinn last year, and they kept running him out there, and he did nothing. So why not run Swift out there? Well, throw him the ball. Robert, they threw him they the played, ball a lot. They played Robert Quinn about ten snaps a game. I think you know if they get Swift up to five carries and you know. Give him five couple, targets. Couple, I mean, that's they work. Reception. Yeah, they worked him in the passing game. Get him on some wheel routes. Match him up on some linebackers. The Vikings. Well, I'll tell you what. When they throw that stupid bubble screen, which they throw fifteen times a game, throw it to Swift because he might be able to block uh, to break that first tackle as a running back. Yeah. Whereas these receivers, they unless it's perfectly blocked, 
they're not going anywhere on that stupid play. I think we're going to see a different offense on Thursday night. I really do. I think there's going to be some changes, uh, you know, to to their approach, to the way Hertz was conservative. And maybe the weather played a factor, but you don't want to use that as an excuse. New England has a lot of talent on defense, Um, top 10 defense last year. They're hoping to be top five this year. They were a lot of a lot of talent in the secondary. Minnesota, the exact opposite, um, especially on the back seven. The cornerbacks are terrible. Uh, the safeties are okay, but linebackers are weak. Our old friend Jordan Hicks has been playing forever. Uh, they got an undrafted kid uh, starting at the other linebacker position. Yeah, not a lot of talent there, so that'll help the Eagles out. Yeah, well, we'll see. Uh... Game's coming up quick, four days in between. This Eagles are sitting at 1-0. The Vikings are 0-1. And uh, John and I will have you covered uh, heading into the game and coming out of it. Thanks for listening.